Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. It was a relief in one way, but really emotional otherwise, because she's my sister. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. On June 3rd, 1993, the body of a woman was found on the side of a road just on the outskirts of Gilroy, California. There was nothing left except bones. The cause of her death was listed as undetermined. Now, decades later, investigators have identified the victim and her killer. It's just a really hard pill to swallow to know that she was laying there and also that she was unidentified for so long. It's exciting and sad at the same time, you know, and, and a relief to finally have an answer. This case is really unique because it's not often that you have a conviction for murder without knowing who the victim is. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. And I'm joined by Catherine Cook, a reporter at KGW in Portland, Oregon. Catherine, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Will. Catherine, let's just talk through this case a little bit and, and what we knew about not a whole lot of information back in 1993 when a, a body was found on the side of the road, right? Yeah, things have changed a lot, uh, especially with technology. Um, when this woman, who we now know as Patricia Skipple, was discovered, uh, it was out in Gilroy, on the outskirts of Gilroy off uh, Highway 152. And that area is also known as Pacheco Pass. And she was wearing a blue dress at the time, and that's how they gave her the nickname of Blue Pacheco. Because at that point, they had no idea who this woman, this victim, was. They didn't know her name. Uh, her remains had been out there uh, for too long to recognize her. So at that point, they just knew she was a victim of a homicide. And then uh, several years later, they got a letter. Santa Clara County uh, officials got a letter from uh, the man that we know is the happy face killer, Um also known as Keith Jesperson. And he basically confessed to killing the woman whose body was found at the side of the road. But still, we didn't, they didn't know her name. So then fast forward many, many, many years later, uh, the court case unit out of Santa Clara County uh, was still diligently trying to crack this in other cases. And now we have DNA technology. So we have a relative of Patricia Skipple, who was from Oregon, uh, get a DNA test kit for Christmas. You know, these are pretty popular, right? A lot of people want to find connections with family. Well, you know, unbeknownst to him, he was about to help uh, investigators crack this decades-old 
case. Uh, and they reached out to him and said, hey, we noticed you have some, you know, a DNA that we'd like to investigate, uh, but we're not, <laughs> they didn't tell him why. That's the funny part. And he had to chuckle. He's like, here he is. He's just, you know, uploading his DNA for hobby purposes, purposes. And then he gets this call from a random sheriff's county, uh, a sheriff's office in California. And, you know, he, he hesitated at first, he said, but he's like, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and um, post my DNA on jedmatch.com, which is a public DNA database that law enforcement can access. They were searching, uh, you know, for some answers, you know, they didn't tell me why. So, so I was a little bit hesitant about doing it. You know, it was just the detectives were doing it, doing some research, and, and they wanted my DNA, and I was going, "Wow, uh, I wonder what that's all about." You know. And so when they did that, um, you know, they grabbed his DNA, and his sister actually did the same thing. Um, the victim's niece and nephew, and, um, and then you know, not not long after that, they they connected the dots. They reached back out and said, hey, we we know what happened to your Aunt Patricia Skipple. She was murdered by the Happy Face Service, Chief Justices. So this body that was found decades ago, a long time ago, uh, is eventually identified. And that comes after they, they knew that she was a victim of the Happy Face Killer. Uh, but then finally, this this recent news, and for anyone who gets this kind of information after that long, it must have just been mind-blowing. I know you talked to family members a little bit, uh, the victim's brother and also sister, right? Correct, yeah. And it was a huge relief for both of them. Uh, the the victim's nephew, Don Benson, uh, was one of the gentlemen I spoke with. Um, he is one of the people who, you know, whose DNA came up as a match on the profiles as related to Patricia Skipple. So, you know, knowing that, you know, his aunt had been positively identified as, as a victim and they, they knew what happened to her and knowing that somehow something he did helped solve that case, even if he didn't realize it at the time, it was, it was sad, but also satisfying. And, you know, it's always good when families can have closure, even if it's not the outcome that they had been hoping for all of these years. Catherine, I know in your neck of the woods there in Oregon, the, the name and the moniker of the happy face killer is, is well known uh, in other parts of the country as well, because he was a serial killer who was operating and, and killed more than just a, a few women over a period of time. Absolutely. For what we know, Keith Jefferson has confessed to killing eight women between 1990 and 1995. And, you know, not only in Oregon, but also California, Washington, Florida, Nebraska, and Wyoming. And he's serving several life sentences without the possibility of parole here in Oregon for those crimes. Uh, but at other points, he has said that he has killed other people. But those cases have not, you know, been able to be confirmed. So we can we can safely say at least eight people. You mentioned the relief the family members felt, but it also just must be such a disturbing and chilling thought to think that uh, that, that she was the victim of of someone who was a, a known serial killer. That's right, and you know her her sister Gloria White, uh, who also got the news, uh, lives here in Oregon. And she described it to me as just a really hard pill to swallow, uh, you know, knowing that her sister was killed by a serial killer, but also that 
her remains were left lying by the side of the road for so long. Um, you know, it's it's extremely difficult and painful to, to comprehend those details. But again, she too was so grateful. And a note about the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office officials who were on this case, they boarded a plane, flew to Oregon, and told Patricia Skipple's relatives in person that they had cracked this case. And the relatives I spoke with said that meant a lot to them. It showed the care and the commitment uh, that this team of investigators had and that they really wanted to see this through truly to the very end. Yeah, I was struck by that detail as well, the fact that they they boarded a plane and didn't just pick up the phone and, and made this in-person visit. Yeah, it, it, was a, it was a detail that I think was also incredibly satisfying for the investigators, too, because when you think about it, this has been, you know, on their plate for decades, and it's, they become incredibly close and connected to it as well. So to be able to deliver that news was, I'm sure, very emotional. I know it was very emotional uh, for them. They, they shared that much during a news conference. It was very moving to be able to meet with them and give them those answers that they deserve. And there's many more John and Jane Doe's who deserve to get their name back. And they all worked hard to, to find the answer, you know, and never gave up. That's the, that's the biggest thing about it is they never gave up, you know. And Catherine, one final question you mentioned in your on-air reporting, but this is a case where, you know, they, they eventually identified the victim, but when the happy face killer, Keith Hunter Jesperson, was actually, I, I assume, convicted of of this murder, they still didn't know who she, who she was. And that's relatively uncommon to, to have a victim who's unidentified. That's correct. Uh, the sheriff's officials shared that much. It's very unusual to have someone confess to killing somebody and then be convicted of that crime and yet not know the victim's identity. Uh, certainly, though, that makes sense if this is decades ago and the remains were found, you know, hundreds of miles and a state away from where the victim went missing. All right. Catherine Cook, thanks so much for talking to us. Catherine Cook at KGW in Portland, Oregon. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Will. You've been listening to The Daily Crime, a podcast from Vault Studios. Be sure to check out our other podcasts, including Bardstown, The Officer's Wife, and our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.